That's so recording. Good thing you checked, dude. Yeah, that's so bad. It's because it's like it's like slightly in the background. I was like, wait a minute, the little line thing isn't moving. What's uh, what's going on? I saw your face. I saw your face like oh, you crunch saw- up a bit, and I was like, ah, oh, goddamn. We have to get some bad news. <laughs> yeah, dude, it was bad. That was like I felt every like step of that process, every emotion. That was Are you bad. recording now? Yeah, yeah. Are you good to go? Yeah. Alright. Welcome back to the Rabbit Hole Sessions Take Two. Let's go. We are here, kind of in the booth all together. Welcome back, everybody. We're very happy to be back for this quarantine edition of the pod. <laughs> I think the last episode that was posted, because the last time we tried to do this, it didn't work out. The last episode posted was just me doing uh, the solo episode, so this is definitely a nice change of pace for anybody that's been waiting <laughs> for the episode to come back. But, you know, Tyler here, of course, Tyler on demand, Emilio the Gweeds is here, Jimmy McMoney, James also here. We got the whole gang, man. We got this virtual session coming at you, coming at you. We still learning, baby. His online class. Come on, come on. <laughs> but mentioned before, our audio got cut off that we all got the quarantine curls popping. We got that feral facial hair <coughs> and... Uh, the hairlines be growing out and it's looking good. How are you guys doing in general, though? How is, uh, I mean, we've spoken since last episode, so it's not like we've had no contact, but right. how are you guys doing in this general time, this general area? You used to it yet? You sick of it yet? You're trying to protest? What's going on? <laughs> trying to protest a lot. <laughs> we'll get you know, busier, I think. As, really? Yeah. Yeah. I think just because, like, the whole, uh, just recently, though, because of moving into a new place, um, Oh, I have yeah. a yeah like because before I didn't have like a purpose or anything, like because yeah, seriously though because I wasn't I mean there was there was nothing to do no, I mean like... I can't work on the movie so much, um you know school's done now at this point and I barely worked on that while it was still a thing, so <laughs> I, so I mean <clears throat> so there's really nothing I just kept watching movies and stuff, um, studying that's, that's studying. studying. No, I know that was the point of it, but like <laughs> but then it's just like you watch but the thing is when you watch a movie every day, it loses its value. Like I think mm. they some of them really stick out, but I think it yeah. it starts to lose its value. They individually start to lose their value as they just they're just piling yeah. together. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what happens when like new releases come out once one yeah. after another, you know, you can't really keep up with it. Oh yeah, and it's almost like you get fatigue. It's like movie fatigue. I just I can't <laughs> keep going kind of. And it's kind of like you're just disengaged. You're more going through the motion of it rather than uh, actually engaging and enjoying it. I feel that. I feel that with writing sometimes too because I've been trying to like make myself feel like I'm productive and also balance relaxing and like telling yourself it's okay to do nothing, right? Yeah. I'm trying to like get that healthy balance. So usually writing maybe like one or two sessions a day is that good shit. But even that, same thing. Do it over and over and over again. Each session kind of loses its value and maybe like a verse or half a verse right it'll stick out here and there but otherwise it almost feels going through the motions and then it's like well damn am i degrading the quality by doing this do i actually need to stop to make it better right like this let it breathe kind of notion i don't know if we've ever talked about that on here i don't know i think that's all collective of the ten thousand hours type thing so i mean it's probably all just a part of the process eventually see i haven't read the actual like ten thousand hour what does it come from i don't know script or just the idea of it i know like what it's about but does it ever go into how you're how you allocate those hours like how frequent they i are, read the it's from a, the malcolm gladwell book i can't remember what it's called yeah. but i, I come re- up with it i'm i'm not sure but okay, i read it a long time where i saw it because he was you saw it before him no, no no i'm saying i think that's where i saw it too, oh like, yeah i think, I I think that's he's first. the one probably who if anything popularized it yeah. but um i have uh what were we talking about? Oh, Malcolm Gladwell. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, ten thousand hours. Ten thousand hours. I don't know. I, I, I read it a while ago. I can't remember what uh, 
what he says in me it. Me neither. Yeah. No, me neither. And I, but that it doesn't stick out to me because I do remember everything like general this about the idea, but I don't remember. Can it you describe the idea about. real quick? Yeah, it's that like mastery of a skill takes basically ten thousand hours of practicing it, of doing it to actually master the skill, right, or embody it in a sense where it's kind of second nature, and um, and that's like I've seen. I like that as a rule in itself, right? It just means be dedicated to your craft, right? Like be um, present in it. But I think, and I've seen this kind of discussed before, it's a little insufficient in the sense where so, it's not enough. I don't think it's everything. So I looked it up. Um, it says uh, the 10,000 hour rules is, um, yep, it was popularized by the boy, uh, Malcolm, young Malcolm. And it's, uh, it says, quote unquote, deliberate practice is needed to become a world to become world class in any field. When psychologists talk about deliberate practice, they mean practicing in a way that pushes your skill set as much as possible. So, right. Fatigue like fatigue is a part of well. that proce- process. Oh, yeah, it is cuz yeah. you're supposed to like wear yourself out. And the you're work through fatigue, yeah. Yeah, I mean even compared to uh, you know, Sports. like on the basketball team. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like in practice, like you're supposed to you're, ride exactly. your heart out sometimes. Yeah. You're, you're supposed, supposed to, to mm-hmm. bring it to zero so you can be like, oh, I can build it back up, right? Like I can, or you get to what you thought was zero and you realize it was more. Like you have to test the limits, basically. You have to test your boundaries and uh, set them up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jay, we can still see you. We can still see you on your phone. I'm looking up Malcolm oh, no. Gladwell because I didn't Bro. know who he was. <laughs> no, no, he's, a, he's a Canadian author, right? And he writes a lot of the kind of mentality, mindset type of books like this 10 thousand hours but in an interesting way i think his most recent one was about interactions with strangers and how they can go wrong and shit like that and then i don't really know the spin on it i think there may have been some point where he talks about how they can go right and whatever but it's that type of you know just lifestyle mental are those are those called self-help yeah. books i don't really know how to classify uh, those because that self-help seems more like break your bad habit in four weeks right like like you know like well this uh, is kind of similar you know it's like spend ten thousand hours doing the shit that you want to do and then You'll be good at it, you know? Yeah, it's build a good habit instead of breaking yeah. bad habit. Hmm. So I guess that's still self-help. Yeah, that's true. But um, I think it just has a negative stigma because anything that's like mental health or – well, except for recently. But historically, anything related to like mental health or kind of admitting you're crazy has a negative stigma. Crazy, quote-unquote. Even that label, like calling people crazy, right, for having – who even knows depression, right? Like people, prob- <laughs> there was probably a point in time where people got hung for depression, right? And maybe not just being sad, but just the other implications that depression brings, like your outlook on the world, how you act, how you answer people, how you talk to them. I'm sure there's plenty That's, of cases. Yeah, derivative I'm fine with that. Yeah, was something like that, or even anxiety, right? So, I guess in that sense, it's good that um, it's kind of taken hold currently, right? Like it's very popular in uh, pop culture too, like you know, anxiety, mental health. And to be wary of things yeah, to like talk that. about and it. And of course, and it, that just came that? with knowledge about ourselves too. Like people learning more about who we are as hmm. Not even like knowing more about themselves, but accepting it and being open about it. Because we've always had ah. these problems. They're all human problems, right. just like not talked about or just kept the to oneself. Is new. Yeah, yeah, the open. We used to be behind closed doors, right, or not airing out your dirty laundry type of thing, right? But now it's. Let that shit fly. <laughs> Put that dirt in the air. Yeah, what a world. Air it out. <laughs> I feel like the internet re- like sped that up so much too. Yeah, because yeah, we're yeah. all connected so much more, so we learn so much more and accept. And it's so much not more even face to face, so you can be more open, yeah. and there's still anonymity oh, to true. it to some degree. I mean, there's definitely parts that like pull back on it and make us less 
conscious of ourselves like group mm-hmm. think, think that comes with the internet and like oh, yeah. social, social media, media bubbles passively but taking in, in what the, the echo chamber yeah. remember what was it didn't that's a callback to an old old episode echo chambers what I'm was sure it? it was echo chambers yeah, yeah. bubbles yeah Did i say bubble it was bubbles <laughs> Spheres of influence. Spheres of influence. Yeah. Oh, I was yeah. listening yeah. to that episode like two days ago or yesterday. It was either <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't real rabbity, but it was a different episode. It was there. early. Yeah. It was early, uh, dude. We were good. Yeah, we were good. <laughs> we, were good. <laughs> we had a studio. Oh man, oh man. And now that we're actually like polished, dude. If we had a studio again, that would be good. Because it was the, those previous ones were rough. Like our development, our glow up is pretty dope for only. I think this will be the 18th episode actually put out, right? Like we wow, put in, speaking of 10,000 hours, we put this together, yo. Let's big up Rabbit Hole Sessions for a second. Yeah. I can't bam, wait bam, till bam. we can get back in studio. Yeah. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> we got to do something crazy for the 20th episode. For the 20th? Tw- oh, yeah. We could do We could do like anniversary. a live. We could do for live. We'll have a live yeah. audience. Anybody, <laughs> dude, who knows? We could go Insta-Live. We could do something like that. Insta live. Have them like talk to TikTok us, live. questions. Who knows? Somebody might be interested in that. We can maybe talk about that. Yeah. But, um. Yeah, I was. I'm just excited for what uh, the rest of this content is going to turn into. Like when we get back together and things like that. When we can get more video and stuff set up, because I'm trying to put together right now some compilations of our episodes. You know, oh, like, interesting. Um, you know, the categories are kind of hilarious, but like you know, roasting James compilation, right? Or Damn. inappropriate laughter, right? Or getting sidetracked, or just best of and things like that. Best of the guests and each other and shit like. Because I think that's a good way to. Just help grab people in because it's hard. I don't know if you guys experience this, but it's hard for me to when people ask about the podcast. First, explaining it is already kind of difficult, right? Because a little bit, yeah, we're a yeah. little difficult to explain. What but, is your de- yeah? What is your description when you tell people that? Can we go on that real quick? Yeah, we can. I kind of say, Emilio, you go first. I can't remember. I can't remember what it was, but you had put it down somewhere on the website or whatever. I think it's like a clip on Instagram. Yeah, but it was. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. The the it's just like it sounds. The name, you know, we we're creative people. We talk about creative things, and sometimes we go down these like holes um, and forget how we got there. <laughs> I don't know. Just yeah, with and topics. Then we do something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's we, and sometimes it's just Tyler. Sometimes he just oh, goes on his dude. own. <laughs> yeah. It's like the audience doesn't know the amount of episodes we've had to scrap because of <laughs> things like that, <laughs> and just not getting anywhere. Right, hitting the bedrock. But um, I don't know what we were just talking about. I, speaking of that. Oh, yeah. just oh, So there we go. That's the name, basically. I would just say the same thing basically Emilio said. Like, we talk about a bunch of stuff. It goes down the rabbit hole, hence the name. And we often talk about creative things like music, film, and different ideas. Plus, it's in the description. We talk about it all, baby. Society. Come on. Culture. Uh, politics. We talk politics. We have some pretty good political episodes. Yeah, shout out to have, David uh, Shekel. Shout out to yeah, David. David Shekel. Good. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Um, have there been any um, topics that like people told you that we should talk about? Uh, not really. Not like hey, explicitly yo talk about this next episode. But offhand, or interesting, yeah, like, yeah. You know, on a, it would be that's cool what to the talk instant about live would be for. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. And I think I know some people that would be interested. So we yeah. can figure it out. We can figure it out because I think that would be pretty dope. That would be pretty dope, dude. Because that's. Next steps live show, baby. Can you yeah. remember? Rebel we might need like an episode show. just to, or just like a brief amount of time for us to just get comfortable again, so we don't end up doing like we what we did last time we got together. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, yeah. but that was that was that was there were lots of confounding variables in there. That you was know? bad. 
Yeah, that was other things. Dude, trying to make an episode like that. <laughs> yeah. Wait, was that that was our first one, though, you know? Yeah. So. Wait, was that the one where he took 15 takes? Which one are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was bad. You guys don't know. <laughs> Editing, that was a monster. It literally took us 15 takes. James, I don't even know if you were there for all of them, but it was bad. That's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, check out the episodes we do have. All right, check out those ones. Those ones are actually good. That's why they're out. That's what I was originally saying though about the compilation clips. I think it's a good way to help people understand what we're about, right? And there's there'll be a mix of shit that's funny, you know, shit that's compelling, shit that's interesting, right? From all of us. So I think it'll be good. I think it'll be good. Enough talking about us though. <laughs> James, what's on the about, agenda? Talk what are we talking about? James, talk about your dude. your script. Let's talk about this. Oh, you got a little scripty? Oh, dude, yeah. You got a yeah. scripty. Uh, so I took a screenwriting class over the past semester. And we started, um, like the whole semester was just based around writing this script and making it better throughout the entire semester. It was just one project the entire yeah. time. Do you like it that and way? I love that structure. I love okay, that Okay, I did too. Yeah. I've heard, because when I heard people talk about the class before taking it, people told me like, I hated it, this be, being this way, because then you don't get like, like final approval. There's no way you can change the final product. But like, that's what you're Dude, working you towards just, the whole time. You have time. the whole semester yeah, to do what it. Do you, like, yeah. you, you don't get feedback <laughs> on it. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's ridiculous. ridiculous. Actually, who gave me that feedback? Who's oh, I got to bleep that out, actually. <laughs> Shout out to... But yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So you've been working towards it the whole semester? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the structure of it. And it's, I like that a lot because it makes you spend so much time on one project. Like, it just makes you think so much about it. Even if you don't feel like thinking about it, you still at least try because you know it's kind of like an assignment, you know? Yeah. Um, there's a looming pressure. Yeah, there's just more pressure on you, you know? But it's it's nicer just to, to actually – that's the longest I've spent focusing on one thing that in-depth and in that many steps because she gave me steps that I didn't even think about doing. Yeah. She was like, like, make note cards of the scenes, like draw them out or put descriptions and then put them on your wall reorganize them however you want if it helps you oh wow you got a much better professor than i did shit <laughs> and she Good was thing i'm doing that already but like jesus yeah. christ that's yeah cool. dude she was cool she that's was so nice. cool but um and yeah she was like so open to just a asking questions you know she was like very helpful anyways yeah. um so i did that now i have a full script that i'm like really proud of um that i wanted to film that's over evolving the out of the classroom yeah, it came straight from the classroom. Oh, yeah. yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, dude, it's so cool. To I don't have know how much you want to reveal, but how is the diving back into a new idea, a new script? I mean, it's obviously been all semester, but you have your uh, La Llorona on the back burner and shit. So how does it feel doing a new big project? It feels good, dude. It feels, <laughs> it feels um, <laughs> nice to have like multiple things that I could think of. If I get tired of thinking of. Like one script, I'll be like, yeah. how can I make this movie better? Based off of what I just learned going through this script, you know? Because right. you learn each time you make a script. Each time you, you try to film something, you learn so much more. So, mm -hmm. like, you could take your experience. I, I took my experiences from writing this script, and I went back into La Llorona and I was like, what parts did I mess up on? How was the act structure? Did I actually write it well? Or what are the parts that I could change? And it's, right. it's just self-critiquing, you know? I'm just more aware of the things that I could do better. Um, so it's nice having a couple few projects. But it's also nice getting them done. So I, I'm glad this is like a done project. La Llorona still feels like I got to work on it. Yeah, um, but it's the kick in the ass you need. Like you said, yeah, that yeah, yeah. satisfaction of completing one. Feels fucking good. You want to keep that going. <laughs> it does. I mean, we just finished a project too. But you know what we do. Shout out to James for making a little visualized for, for me. Uh, I should have announced it at the beginning, but check out my newest releases. No, I'm mm -hmm. real. I put out a little single. It's a little two-pack. It's called New Ways. Two songs on it, popping off in Party V3. 
did it with my man Emil, the producer. Check him out on Instagram. I, that's the uh, handle. We um, we built these songs pretty much from scratch, man. At Q3 Studios in a matter of I don't know, like six weeks. It was it was fun. It was a good time, and it's too bad that Corona popped up because we we're about to do a lot more stuff. But check those out, please, on all platforms. TylerOnDemand.com. If you go there, it's got the landing page for all the links you need to every platform. One easy spot. Come on, I got you. It's easy. Or hit up the streaming platform you're already using. T.O.D. New ways. You'll find me there. Purple cover. Um. What were we talking about? Oh yeah, and James. Host. <laughs> yeah. yeah, bring it that back. That was a rabbit me. hole of just marketing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, I've done that a few times on these past episodes. Oh, yeah. about He's hot. Radio He's show. Come you got on, you, dude. You I'm got doing you. things. I'm doing things. See me out here. I'm trying to blow but, up, uh, man. I mean, the thing is, and we'll go back. This is a very short side dive tangent, but yeah. it's important, man, because like, these different platforms are expressing different parts, right? And I don't really feel like one is more me than the other. I feel like they all represent different parts. Some are more prevalent and less prevalent at different times, right? Whether it's the music, the podcast, the radio, anything else we do, the film and shit like that. So I just think it's important to, uh, you got to see everything, right? If you really want the whole picture, maybe you'll find something like, maybe you won't, but hey, I prefer that you know everything, right? So whether you like it or not. So please check that out. That'd be dope. TylerOnDemand.com's got everything. Definitely you'll find this podcast too. But James... May uh, help me make the visualizer for it for Party V3, the second song. It's pretty dope. We filmed it at our homie's house and uh, we put some cool while we were filming another video. Yeah, exactly. That's like we put not even B roll, like C roll, D roll together for a pretty cool looking uh, little visualizer, just some offhanded, um, what's it called, clips. So, James, yeah, that was dope, dude. And I like, I really appreciate that. And I was, uh, this is the first time you and me have done anything visually together other than acting, right? Like, actually collaborating. On that side, right? yeah, yeah unless we're both on screen. I forgot about so, catching I mean, breath too. And I had, I definitely had a dope time working, and uh, we couldn't do it in person, unfortunately. So I'd love to give the people a super breakdown of you know your editing process and going throughout that. But maybe you could tell us. And yeah, I, I loved working with you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, dude, might, yeah, I I loved working with you. Um, it was cool, man. It was. It was. That was dope. We've tried it before. We tried filming that thing in the. Oh my the god. The back of my yard. <laughs> Dude, I it can't just... wait till we're all like established in our industries, and these stories are not recent history. It's like the super lore. Like just James, yeah. I remember that man. That was. We had good ideas, but just poor execution. I I definitely have to take the blame for that. I'm much more comfortable on camera now, so we could definitely do some. Good uh, shit. But see, it's also my job to help you feel more comfortable on camera. You know, and like. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The question was, I forgot what the question was. Dude. I did too. I did too. That's, I just. Uh, you were talking about the editing process know, originally. You had yeah, asked him like, about it, Tyler. Oh, you yeah, working with you, dude. Um, it was so when he first told me the idea, um, I had like a very vague idea, or a vague vague view of what it was, what it actually was gonna be like. Um, why y'all laughing? <laughs> Even virtually, yeah. we're ridiculous. I know it's crazy because no one, can, now really, no one can see it. At least before, maybe a clip or two you can see, but now no one can see Emilio side eyeing me and smirking. <laughs> I don't even know how you do that over virtual, bro. Like I, I like how he just knows. No, no, I, he just knows. It's a massive man. It's it's crazy. Oh, oh my, my god, god. Dude, that's crazy. But anyway, uh, James, please continue. You're talking about I, uh, I don't know what I was talking yeah, about. Yeah. Okay. Oh, your vision, yeah. Before your, your, um, time, your, time. your idea when you first told me it, it sounded dumb. I had a certain a view of how I thought it would be in my head, and you had one in your head. Yeah. So when we were talking, I just couldn't 
I couldn't match them up. Then you sent me the clip videos that we shot, and then I got a much better idea of what you wanted. Right. And I felt like after that moment, I was super inspired to just start editing it and like coming up with my own ideas that I knew would match with yours. You know, so it was cool that I could figure out what you were thinking with the video, we like got your that view. Connection, boy, come on. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. no, that's good. And there is actually a lesson there in bringing something to the table in order to inspire, you know, and impassion somebody else, right? Like, I know a lot of people who will just, like, we'll go rapper example, spit on a track, send it off somewhere, right? Completely detached from the process, right? And get it back and whatever, whatever. And that's fine. You can get shit done like that. But I find more fulfilling and more rewarding creation is bringing something to the table first. No, and especially where you said you were having trouble like understanding it until I then took the onus on myself. Okay, it's on me to now clarify the idea more to him, right? It's not on him to just pick it up and understand. It's dope that you did once I, you know, I switched some shit up, but it's on me to communicate my ideas the most effectively, I guess is the point here. It also took trial and error. You know, we had to practice it a couple yeah, times. Which is going to happen. Yeah. And that's... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Of course. That's funny. There, uh, That's going to happen. And that's part of the process, right? Like you have to lose turn it to a lesson right lose learn grow all that good shit all right we're back from a break back from a break here to talk some more switching gears from the creativity stuff i um i think i joked about it earlier about the quarantine protesters but i i'm sure you guys saw that you guys uh saw about the people oh protesting yeah, yeah, yeah. In like the which states was it it was like kansas uh, Michigan, I, don't I think. I don't even know if it was Kansas, but it was some of those like Midwestern, like white states that you forget about, right? If somebody tells you to, list damn, that you forget off. about. <laughs> like, I mean, that's. I mean, maybe not. Delaware, I would say, is at the top of that list, but and South Dakota, right? So maybe they're not uh, the worst ones. But I don't know. What are you guys' takes on that? Talk to me about it. I think it's ridiculous, dude. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't it's... actually know anything about it. Um. So there's there's a group of people that are protesting the stay-at-home orders and lockdowns in various states. Most of them are democratic states that have stricter um, rules on their they businesses. Are? Yeah, most of oh, them. Oh, shit, okay. Um, there were... There, they, um, like, paraded in trucks. There was, like, a brigade of trucks that was blocking a hospital from receiving any patients, and they had signs, like... Uh, I think it's, like... I forget what the the hashtag is, but there's like a big hashtag that they use. It's like free America, free Detroit now, or something like yeah. that. But they're they're pretty much saying that the we lockdown orders are impeding. Now look at that. Yeah, That's yeah, crazy. <laughs> it's kind Isn't of that crazy. crazy. Yeah, look how pervasive kind of virtual reality comes into actual reality. Like it bled into it. We use hashtags on our protests, on our statements of things that are like indicative political, of like huge. Right? Yeah. If you go out and spend a day, any day of the week any amount of hours throwing a sign up and yelling at people that you don't know like that you're you are dedicated you you feel that right so it's like now look how pervasive that shit is anyway continue anyways yeah they're protesting the the orders because they say it's a it's constricting their freedoms and yeah. their their right to just go shopping and stuff i don't know is that what it is i don't know if that's part of it is. <laughs> no no it's like some of them say it's it's I'm like, sure there they, are more... signs that are like I need a haircut and things like that. That's like that's part of it. The other part is <laughs> let it grow. Is, yeah. <laughs> you can let that shit grow. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Dude. You. Like first world problem. Yeah. Well, here. I mean, yeah. yeah. To those types of reasons, those are definitely just dumb as hell, right? Like go back inside. Yeah. 
the other reason it's economic, like businesses need to reopen, uh, yeah. to spur the economy. And there are families that need, I, th- I think, need shopping for other things. I don't know. Yeah, but I wonder yeah. if people would even go if things were open. I don't know. Texas is opening up like in the next few weeks. Maybe that's an argument for starting to open it up a little bit is to see like people won't rush back. And even if they do, there are certain things I guess we can do to, I mean, you kind of, it's weird cause you want to open back up and like encourage business, but at the same time you're doing things to discourage business, which is like, yo, line the fuck up across, like back out the block, stand across from this glass. Don't look at me when you talk, right? Like all of that type of shit. But I don't know. Cause I was listening to, um, the food truck company that I work with for their podcast, I was uh, doing one of their podcasts and oh yeah, they check them out. Food truck festivals of America.com truck tales podcast. One of the guys was a sales rep from a brewery. And so he was talking about, Oh my God, I actually wrote it down. Cause the quote was crazy about how the business was impacted both them and the industry. So one of the quotes from it was, so if not back fully in business by the middle of June, could lose 25 to 40 percent of breweries around the country not just massachusetts right in boston so <laughs> i don't know any amount of that that is enormous right and so that's obviously a severe impact on the industry and then the one guy specifically was talking about their business saw 80 percent drop in revenue right like 80 what the fuck and so that just made me think about the protesters and the quarantine chicks i was like what if it is shit like that? Because that's, I mean, that's well, yeah, that's it like, could be shit like that, but it doesn't have to be there. reopening the lockdown. You know, there could be other, yes. so, there should be other solutions. Like maybe if the government bailed out more small small businesses in their in the funds that they were giving to them, like they gave them more instead of bigger businesses. I was um, trying to see if I, this podcast could uh, somehow qualify for any business loans if we really do. filled out some quick <laughs> paperwork, but I don't know. It, it, it's not as simple as Tyler's on a mission to spin the system. That's what this episode's called. Spin the system. Listen, um, I mean, maybe we can clip this or we talk about Maybe I'll talk about it later. I'll talk about it later. But <laughs> talk about it off air, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll talk about it later. But, Your strategy. Um, yeah, so I think, I mean, I kind of feel that. Like, there's, so there's, I was. I think I just wanted to bring up to say there's the obvious, uh, like, stupid reasons where you're saying, like, I need to cut my hair, right? And, like, all that yeah, dumb yeah. stuff. It's like, just stay the fuck inside. But I think this is an instance where, knowing how to communicate with each other better or like actually would come in handy you know like knowing how to talk to each other there's there's just so much uh what's it called like di- not discourse what's called like bad discourse huh yeah but like there's there's like no reaching a common ground between uh sides right in the p- political and societal societal sphere and a lot of issues right especially when we're talking Democrat, Republican. So that's just to say, like, maybe if we knew how to, like, communicate and explain, like, yo, it's a huge fucking health risk, right? And, it, like, that's not to say this is stupid people that are doing these things, but it's, like, just to hear those stories and to be like, okay, that gives me some insight on why maybe the frustration would boil, right? And then the other side to hear, like, okay, but now hear this story about how my grandma got corona from, you know, this person that went outside when they weren't supposed to right and it came into my house right? and then she possibly was hospitalized right like so it's like if these stories were cross communicated which i don't think on a grand scale there's an effort for that to happen i think maybe naturally there will be some of course but i don't think there's enough of an effort put on that so it's like you're not creating a common ground to come to i guess is what i'm trying to say you know so 
I don't know. It's kind of what I thought about it, and it doesn't really go too much deeper than that. Have you guys been staying inside all day? Yeah, I've been doing pretty well. The only time I go outside is just to walk. Like I, those are the that's the only during exercise the daytime or at or at night. Depends. It depends. Like weather of the day, right? Or just how I'm feeling at the moment. It depends. But dude, that made me realize though. I never like loved going to the gym, but I got kind of into it right before Corona started. But it dude, made I was realize, in the like, same spot. Yeah, it's so important to split up the space, dude. Working out at home just sucks. It's yeah, the it's worst. the worst, dude. <laughs> For some reason, <laughs> I, I really I don't, don't know why. I'm either. not motivated. I hate it. It's my floors. Maybe trash, it's motivation, right? Yeah. Like it's yeah. It's it's like a separation thing. It's and not just physical, but mental in a sense. Like compartmentalizing in life is kind of important, right? You have to segment out your thoughts and your areas of life right i guess that's why they're kind of called your areas of life right because i don't know it kind of goes back to what we were talking about about um uh back when we were talking about the creative shit about letting the ideas breathe right or having multiple things to be able to go to to uh be able to attack things in different ways and then bring them together and that's just made me realize like yeah i fucking need that because it's tough at home the only thing I've been able to keep up is walking every day, and I do 50 push-ups every day before I get in the shower. That's good. Yes. How have you guys been keeping fit? Because do you guys like see fitness as – is it a contribute to your mental as well? Does it, is it more than just physical for you guys? Of course, yeah. It, it does, yeah. So how have you been keeping up with that? Like, And how have you been maybe compensating if you haven't been able to get it with physical fitness? Just walking or sometimes running. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm doing, I'm not saying I'm doing really well. Yeah, I'm just, saying, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying I'm trying to walk every day, like at least three miles to four miles minimum, and then uh, sometimes they're runs. Every day. I tried to run in like almost. Yeah, all. but they're mostly walks. So it, lately, actually, the last, like, since I've been actually since I've been trying to since I got the apartment or in the process, yeah. I've been just like so focused on like trying to get a job and stuff that I just yeah. been so distracted. I don't even go outside during the day. It's mostly been at night. If right. I go out and it's hasn't been nice. three, oh, it's much. I think it's, it's kind of like nicer. super peaceful, actually. It's like, much nicer. It's so in, peaceful. Go ahead. It's just quiet. I mean, Beacon Street's it's Newberry yeah. Street in Commonwealth. It's dead silent. And then I'm just thinking, maybe we'll have to drop this in again. This is gonna be fucking clippy ever since the second half of the show. But we've ran into some fucking characters and just wackos in the streets of Boston. And I don't know if Boston's known for that, but it's a surprising amount. Like, since we got here, <laughs> since freshman year, when I think Emilio just... and I and our group of friends got chased out of, uh, what's it called? What's, what's the part? The what's it? What's it? The commons. We got chased out of the commons by just some deranged guy yelling. And we were just these innocent freshmen didn't know anything, and we had to just sprint away. Right? Wait, that's that was so funny. Do you remember that, so man? Far. I think about that sometimes, and it's like, what? The, and he, he did. He followed us so far. <laughs> like, for anyone who knows Boston geography, we went just north of, of the frog pond across into the brick type of buildings, and he chased us still over there. Oh, my God. And remember, yeah, this is just going to turn into the story segment. And I remember two of our friends ran into um, this lady that they thought was a cop, that they were just running down the street. So they, like, I don't know why they thought that. Like, we were all just, we didn't I, know what I, was I, going I, on. We were just, I, literally, my only thing was at running. the point, dude, I thought running for our lives. Like, I don't know, yeah. I don't know why I was that afraid. But <laughs> I was like, we're running for our life right now. So I didn't think about anything. I just went. Because I remember when we started running, I, somebody looked back and said, he's running, go. And then we all <laughs> took, took off. off. We all just burst. 
But so these two friends like kind of half broke off when we were breaking down one street because they saw a lady and they're gonna run up to her and be like, "Yo, this guy's like fucking chasing us. Can you you know put him down or something?" Like you can ask him to do something. But <laughs> drunk tank at least, please. But um, and all of a sudden that lady just yells, "Hey, there's a speed limit on these streets," and. Like, we are too, like, too in the run to think about it, right? But I, I remember the voice very clearly to this day, right? And thinking afterwards, what the hell was she talking about? <laughs> like, what the hell was she talking about? Because we weren't running, like, near her. So maybe if it was a metaphor for, like, us running It'd really fast. It'd be funny if there was a we car. We weren't near her. There was nobody else there. It'd be funny if there was and a we car, though. Running. We didn't no, process no, it because we were so into running. Oh, and we wow. just totally we missed just it and a there's a car and she was like, Dude, honestly, it's possible. That. I... I, I can't remember. I had complete tunnel vision. Yeah, like, that's I was what like I'm a saying. Tunnel vision. Yeah, exactly. And I was just relying on the sound of footsteps slamming behind me to just to, to know that you guys were there. Like there were points where I was trying yeah. to like count the amount of steps. I was like, okay, is everybody there? Is everybody there? Right, <laughs> gotta keep going. Cause we had to go. To, oh my god! Like this was a trek. He was far like, away. You mentioned Appalachians earlier, Emilio. We went up the fucking Rocky Mountains. We had to go up, down like huge hills. You know, downtown Boston is hilly. <laughs> to say the least. So we were sprinting up and down. So that shit was wild. And that was just the start. That was just the start. You were about to say something, James. I have more. But what were you about to say? No, I wasn't. I wasn't going to say that. Yeah. So <laughs> Are you to more? Dude, because there's more. Oh, Emilio and I have seen more. First of all, there's the one we were all there. James, were you there when... Was it during Catch Your Breath when the guy came down the alley with no shirt on, just slamming yes! himself and screaming? Dude! Dude, that <laughs> was insane! Reaction. That, that was terrifying! <laughs> It was like there was another horror film happening while we were filming this one, dude. I just remember like small pieces of him being there. It's just like weird to think about. It's just like yeah, a like, dream. It's almost in flashes. Yeah. Like literally how you see on a, in a film or like on TV. It's kind of just in flashes and it's like first I, I see him going like ah, and then – Because there, there was a point where he was kneeling on the ground, Donkey Kong slamming like he was trying to break the really? center of the earth. <laughs> like, like double fisting. Dude, like – and in I'm, the alley i was scared but yeah, we, yeah i don't know oh. we were there and then he was sweating and hold on wait my phone i'm going crazy dude i feel like i'm the guy now what did you, you have say? flashbacks dude? <laughs> dude i am because i'm just trying to like get into his mentality because i think you even said Emilio last time we talked about he was talking about acting i think like yeah. he was yelling about acting while we were filming something like while we were trying to act and i'm just I'm like, I'm in awe. So that guy was also just crazy. He had to be, like, lowest drug was Molly. Like, it was Molly or Up that he was on, right? And then, like, I think Mixed or something. That guy was going crazy. Well, actually, isn't there a fucking methamphetamine thing in New England, in the Northeast, in general? Yeah. Because that actually would kind of explain a lot of this. Because hmm. the next one might be the craziest, which I have to tell the abridged <laughs> version. But yeah. it's our good friend Patrick Emilio from. Yeah. <laughs> so James, uh, we were at Northeastern, and tell me how you feel about your campus security after this story. Uh, oh, we, were, we were leaving Northeastern <laughs> at night. This is at night, and we're going out to the T, right? Just across from the whatever that main fucking quad is. You guys is pretentious. Yeah, I know what you mean. Centennial. Uh, <laughs> is that what it? It's called a centennial. All right, I'll, no, I'll save the frisbee rant. For, no, I think that. it's Krenzman or something. Oh, Krenzman, the one with the sign. Yeah, it's by the Marino, across from Marino. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we're leaving there. We're going to the T. 
and uh, I gotta paint people the picture, man. If they're looking to listen to the story, they need the whole they need the whole thing. But um, so we're leaving to the T, and as we're leaving, we hear this guy talking real fucking loud, just seemingly on the phone, right, coming from Curry, right. So like in deeper in the campus than we were, and walking towards us, and you know we just kind of like smirk, laugh, do the normal shit. It's like all right, Jack, leave, right? We're good. And um, he just kind of gets closer and gets louder, and then he says into the phone. Well, I'm just going to ask these guys rah, 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 while he's while he's closed yeah. up. And I don't remember if what? we shared a look. I don't remember if we shared a look, Miller, but I like to think we did for the story of just, just huh? Of like, what did you say? <laughs> and like before we could react or anything, he's the phone's down and he comes over to talk to us. Emilio remarks later, by the way, that he's pretty sure that was a fake phone call that he yeah, was yeah. doing. Um, but so this guy, now he's like starts talking to us and he's really like red faced, like he's breathing hard, like. It looks like it looks like, it looks like he's kind of gonna pop, Rand. Like he's like swelling Holy up. Holy Like it looks like he's been holding his breath for a while. He's just like jacked up, like at all his muscles tense. Everything is just like. Was he buff? Was he a buff guy or was he like big? What was? He was maybe like your height, James, and like skinnier than me, right? So, not an intimidating guy, except the fact that he's just pure like pure aggression. Yeah, like he could snap. I'm talking like rabies, dude. Right. Like I thought he was. <laughs> sick like rabid and like something got him because he was just like i don't even remember what he was talking about but i'm just gonna fill something i'm like oh my son and uh, i was just you know what's going back here and, the, and it's like his eyes I were know. almost like popping out of his yeah, head that's right, true. and this yeah. is like oh dude and he was like racist verbally oh my god okay so yeah we'll tell the full version then i was gonna cut uh, you don't have you can version. tell that part no just no we're going no, to, i want to know it though to, i want to hear it we have to expose these streets people need to know what's what's out there and just yeah true Again, how the hell we keep coming across this? Because to me, it doesn't make sense how this keeps happening to us. I need to know if it happens to other people. So other people reach out with running into just people in the streets and wild things happening. So we're waiting for the tea for like, I don't know. It felt like forever, but maybe it was like 10, 15 minutes with this guy. And he's just going back and forth, telling crazy stories about his son, like having a huge peen. Like the nurses were saying that when he was born. He's like, yeah, it takes after his father. Right? <laughs> and he's like really crazy. Dude, I was actually a million. I don't know if I ever told you this, but I was like kind of freaking out in the moment because he sounded a little bit like one of my uncles. And uh, so I was just kind of having like, dude, this is too weird to hear like this voice. And like it sounds too much like an uncle. Anyway, um, so the tea comes. And of course he fucking gets on, right? He fucking gets yeah, on the tee. Yeah. I don't know how much information we revealed to him, but clearly we were waiting for the tee, and at some point said we were getting on it. And um, I'm pretty sure as how it did he make it past the the driver? Oh no, we'll keep going. Uh, oh my god, so I'm pretty I sure as it was, yeah. I'm pretty sure as the tee was approaching, he's like spitting into the track, like no decorum. Like it's clear <laughs> if you see him, if you're coming and you see him coming, you're like, okay, this guy is gonna be something, right? But he just gets on, and we just try to not look at him, not acknowledge him at all as we get onto the tee. We just bolt uh, to like not bolt, right? But we're walking with a purpose to uh, one of those double <laughs> seats, definitely away from anywhere three people could hang out together. And we hear him talk back there talking to the conductor, something about not having money or just like, rah, 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 again, is all you hear. And, you know, just like get on. The conductor's like, you just get the fuck on. Um, and so we're going. We go a few stops. We go underground. We hit a few. And he's talking, of course. He's yelling. He's being just rambunctious. He's swearing, right? And we're just trying to not acknowledge oh, him and yeah. distance himself. And it's like, dude – like you think about we're, like we're not we're just kind of like looking at each other and just like laughing i guess kind of and super kind of nervous laughing going, like, though. yeah like huh you got it dude right or shit like that <laughs> and um 
And so there's a lady sitting in front of us. I'm going to assume a Chinese lady. She looked Chinese. But, and she also had some, something going, like some skin thing going on where either it was like a burn or some type of like skin condition, like discoloration, right? Like around her eyes and on her face. And so this guy, oh my God, I don't even want to say it, but this guy, like he sees her and then leans in and he goes, ah, you're one ugly motherfucker. Ah. <laughs> oh my and, God. Ah. and like, just like that, dude. And like Amelia and I look at each other, just like, what? it's just like kind of shock. We're just like... <laughs> what do we say yeah. like i want to be like i'm sorry but then it's also like i'm not with this guy he's not mine i don't yeah. claim his actions right and shit like that and oh he's, so he's just God. going off going off and then she doesn't know what to do i don't know if she fully understands what he's saying but he's clearly aggressive and like kind of in her face and then he backs up he eases off he laughs he says something else says something else and looks back at her again and goes oh my god oh my god how old was he how old was this dude i don't know like gotta be He's gonna be in his thirties, yeah. Thirties? Yeah, it yeah. is thirty. Definitely. Yeah, thirties plus, thirties plus. So he's not yeah. even an old man though. He's like a No, no, no. no, no. Way. He definitely wasn't. Like he's his hair wasn't grey, it was like a vibrant reddish orange. His I am Scottish and Irish ancestors be proud, which he definitely talked about a few times. Yeah. And uh which is funny because he looked like a leprechaun, so that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> like a messed up leprechaun. Did he have the beard and shit? Did he have the No, no, not like a full uh, ass he just had some like nasty scruff or like fuzz. What do you say, okay. you know? Did he wear a hat? Right? I don't think he may have taken it off at some points. I just remember his hair, but yeah, maybe he did. I think he know? did at some point. <laughs> it's funny. I'm trying not to remember as many details as I can, but I'm telling a very robust story. Yeah, you remember and, uh, more than I do. Dude, oh yeah. And there's more. Because this whole time while he's doing this, it's like it was kind of like spread out, right? I'm just linking the events for story's sake. And he's just kind of swearing throughout the whole time, just being loud and being annoying. And at one point, the conductor had said to him, like, yo, chill out. It's like this black lady, right? And um, I, she had an accent. I don't, I'm not going to do it because I don't remember. But she was like, yo, like, stop. You know, this is a family ride, I think is what she said or something. This is like, this tea is for families or whatever is what she was trying to say. And she was, like, getting very stern with him. And he kind of, like, all right, I can say fuck on the tea. I can say fuck on the train. Or I can say fuck. All right? And this kind of goes on for, like, two more stops until I think it was, like, is where we got to which is funny because that's where Amelia had to get off so it was a very it was a very staggered dis a disembark but at this point she had called like another person because she stopped the tea and shit she got up and she's like yo bro get the fuck off and he wasn't listening so she yeah. called another conductor in they got him off and eventually our nightmare for the for that time was over and we could breathe and then you know we waited waited like 10 seconds then Amelia left <laughs> 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 so that dude that is i don't know what chronologically which one that is i don't know if that came before the guy in the alley or not but that is three just insane and there's one more if you guys can stomach one more oh wow. <laughs> there's one more who knows we probably won't keep it all but james there's one more so this was also at northeastern again <laughs> shout out to, shout out to the campus security so we were just we were there in that area and then this I don't know. Again, I don't know if he was homeless, but definitely looked disheveled. Definitely looked like a little out of whack, right? Hair was going crazy, gray, like balding a little weirdly. Uh, kind of shuffling, raggedy coat, dark brown, looked like it had stains. It's been through a little bit, right? Like he had it for a while, <laughs> maybe the only thing he had for a while. And he comes up and starts talking to us. And I don't remember what his opening line was, but eventually it just started getting to these just really crazy, uh, long like long form diatribes of shit that didn't make sense. And like, <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to explain it. Cause he was speaking perfect English. He was pronouncing his words. Fine. Like, like this was like the guy who said he was, um, at a graduation. 
Yes, oh, that's how it started. Yeah, he walked by and he yeah. said he was at some graduation. He said his yeah. girl was graduating. I didn't know if that meant like his, you know, like girlfriend, wife, or daughter. I didn't know what that meant. But was he saying at Northeastern? Was it a Northeastern graduation? He didn't say specifically. Yeah, because I don't know. I don't know if there are any other schools I don't know. immediately nearby. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there was like another ceremony. But anyway, so that's what he said he was doing. And he said he had been by and like drank a beer. He had mentioned like drinking a beer or so, right? And he looked like he had more than one or two. Mm. And, um, <laughs> And so he just starts going on these long, just rambling things about, I, I don't know, something about mathematics and man's time. He kept saying yeah. that, like, and he kept saying, like, I'm giving you gifts or, like, I'm giving you presents or something like that, talking about the things he was saying, like, as if they were gems dropping real knowledge. But I kid you not, like, each sentence he said would not relate to the last one. And, like, sometimes the sentences wouldn't be structured properly and was super hard to follow, but somehow they would loop very loosely back after like 20 sentences of disconnected nothing but nothing that gave clarity just that gave more confusion right like it was just what the fuck is going on and he was just talking about these things that made no sense he kept talking about math and everything being math or something about life being math and so this is just the context to, before the crazy bar this is the type of guy we're dealing with the beers the beer amount of beers he drank came up first he said he had walked by maybe like an hour ago before we were in that area and he said he had a six pack, like real catch. He's like, yeah, I drank a six pack, like in that time. So in like an hour, he had had six beers of a six pack, right? And then he's like, yeah, so I had a six pack in about that hour. So that's about seven. <laughs> he tells us he had a six pack, and then, then he drank seven, right? So I don't know what's I don't know what's going on. So that's the that's the state he's in, and of this rambling okay. state. But again, still like quite coherent. It's just you could tell in his face and the way he was staggering that he was drunk, definitely. But he was speaking pretty clearly. And there was a point where, because it was so long. I think it was maybe like half an hour of this guy talking before this happened. And uh, Emilio and I definitely shared looks at sometimes. It was like, what the fuck? Like, this needs to end. This needs to fucking end. And I, I, I kept trying. I don't know. But he kept coming back. He kept coming back every time we would try to close off the conversation. Uh, we didn't want to leave because we were chilling. That was our spot. Like, it was a nice spot. It was a nice day, right? We're chilling. Like, we're not giving this up. This is our land. This is our stomping grounds. But I'm, like, looking because somebody walks by and can, like, half hear and they half look. And I look at them real, real quick. quick. And then I look back at the guy talking. And he says to me, he stops whatever he was saying, some bullshit. And he goes, ah. And I'm just like, what? what? What's going on? And he's like, nice eyes. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I may have just said that. Or I think I was just like, what are you talking about? And he said, he kind of just pointed in the general direction. I was looking like, nice eyes. And he said, let me show you. And he pops his left eye out of his palm. <laughs> into his palm. And it's a glass eye that he just now is showing me. Like, hey, you see? You see what I mean? Blah, blah, blah. And when looking at this guy talking, like, so one eye, which now we know is the glass eye, looked like a normal eye. And his other one looked fucked up, right? kind of like yellow and weird but i thought that one was maybe like the fake and then that one was his normal eye maybe the other one was diseased or something but no no no. he pops the glass eye which was the good eye out of his head and is showing it to me and i can see his eye socket like i can see inside of his <laughs> head dude it is it's nasty right it's nasty so i just i don't know what to do man i'm kind of just like shocked I'd probably looked at Emilio in nervous laugh and was probably like, dude, put that shit back in your head. So, and he's just like parading it, showing it real proudly, like laughing. And I don't know what else is going on. Eventually puts it back in his head. 
again, the rambling goes on, goes on, goes on. And I'm trying to think, what else did he do? Oh, my God. At one point, he starts pissing on the fence. I was going to. That was by where we were. Oh, Emilio, take over, please. No, he just, he's like only like 10, 12 feet away from us or something. I don't know. It's the alley right next to where we filmed for um, La Llorona. It's yeah. the one where there's uh, it's the right of it. there's a roof on it. I know it's so. about. I know it's about. Yeah, but he pissed right along the fence right there. While like, we're, that's I don't a, think it was night. It was during the day. Too, yeah, so he just kind of walked away and just you know, seen. and then just pissed right there and then came back to us and started talking again. And while he's pissing, like oh. we're just again still just nervous laughing and whatever, just like dude, no, like whoa, bro, like we should have just right? been like, all right, we're gonna head out. We should, yeah, we should have left. Yeah, you should have left. left. You you sat there and waited for him to piss. Well, no, because he, he we did, like, we, we fucking it, like, did. Way out. <laughs> <laughs> we pretty much did. We sat there and listened to it. I know so we did. <laughs> and the thing, but it's because I thought he was gonna leave after that. That's what it seemed like was happening. And he did that maybe like five times where he duped us that he was gonna leave. But, but the whole time he's pissing, he's looking back at it. He's going like, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you describe what this guy looked like again? He's, I mean, he was black. He had, like, crazy, disheveled, uh, gray and gray streaked, mm-hmm. kind of, like, black hair, a little bit of balding in the front. He was an interesting yeah. look. He was hunched. He was shorter than me, hunched over shorter than Emilio. So it was just like that. And he just, like I said, big-ass gray jacket that was tattered, looked like he'd been through some shit. And so... We went through the ringer with that guy, dude. And there was one other thing. I don't even remember. But the point is, that's just, again, another in a string of these wild-ass encounters all had in relatively the same area of Boston, might I add. Like, (laughs) in the adjacent sections of the city, at least, right? Or, sorry, at most. Mostly the Back Bay area. Back Bay downtown area. Yup. There aren't any more that I can remember. I'm, we've definitely met some characters. Shout out to Black Swan, but those are just the craziest ones. I've seen him at those Northeastern. Are... Oh, yeah? Following some kids around rapping? Yep. Walking around campus. Dude, I bought that guy's fucking... Alright, so here we go. So, another Boston character. <laughs> Black Swan. Emilio and I came across him a few times. I think it was the span of freshman and sophomore year, maybe freshman year. But he was A few young. times, so he's like a recurring guest. Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah, a... yeah. And, uh... So he his thing was freestyling, like rapping, like he was on um, straight up out of the early '90s, late '80s rapper, like trying to sell his literal CD on the street by rapping for you, freestyling on the spot for shit that was, and it was good. Don't get me wrong, when he started doing the freestyling on the spot of literally like joggers going by and shit that was going on in the park or yeah, us, it was really off the dome. Huh? Yeah, and it was completely off the dome, and it was dope. Don't get me wrong, it was cool, but in the same way, like like a fucking magician street magician is dope right or like a street violinist is dope where it's like all right that was cool and now we're gonna leave and but he fucking i don't know how suckered me into buying the cd it was five bucks (laughs) i was one of the naive college kids that he fooled that was probably like where i was like i want to (laughs) rap let me take black swan as inspiration (laughs) but his cd was utter trash if you ever hear this it was real real bad it was real bad dude like i was really upset when i started playing it because i was like there's got to be something maybe something redeemable in here that maybe i won't listen to all the time maybe i'll barely ever listen to but i'll come across every once in a while it's like oh shit i remember black swan absolutely not that shit went instantly to the garbage i think half of them didn't even have titles so it's like <laughs> what the fuck dude i almost want to spit on my computer screen how many right songs right were there huh how many songs were there maybe in like something like six seven eight max i think right i, I kind of buried that one buried that like four minutes each how long was the album i don't know dude but it was too fucking long because it was more than zero minutes 
So anyway, that is going to be my last character analysis of Boston. But Boston <laughs> that is just wild to say, bro, right there. We got some wild ass people. We got some wild. We may have to make that a segment of the show. The Boston wild ones. Yeah. Boston's wild ones. Oh, Boston's wild, wild ones. Boston there wild we go. Ones. That is the title of this episode. Boston's wild ones. <laughs> yeah, and spinning the system. What? Spin the system. Spin the system. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know. Who knows? We might clips. Those might have to be clipped out. So uh, we'll oh, see yeah. about that. But wait, wait, wait. I gotta go piss real quick before you. So do I. Let's take a break. I was just about to say that. Let's take a break. All right. Uh, James, I remember the last one we uh, recorded that when we were just catching up, you had mentioned wanting to ask Miller something about Parasite, the movie, and I watched it last night, oh, so dude, if you yeah. want to talk about it now, I'm like in the mode and I'm ready to discuss some things. Yeah, dude. Um, I don't remember the question that I was originally going to ask him. Um, did I did I say the question already, or did I? No, no, you just we were like, yo, I mean, I want to talk to you about Parasite. It was like at the end, like we were... Well, I think I just want to discuss it then, like if... Emilio had any thoughts on it? I don't really remember it so much. I haven't seen it in a long time. Damn, <laughs> dude, damn. In classic rabbit hole sessions. Yeah, like, I, I like, really liked it, I remember. Started. It was good to see nothing, in the theater. Nothing, nothing stuck? Nothing like, no scenes or anything? Um, I mean, the, most of the earlier scenes, I think, just when they're living in that space, mostly even the yeah. scenes later in the movie, just when they're, like like the ending shot with the socks dude, the and back in the place. Yeah. yeah. When, just everybody's getting stabbed. I just remember the that pace. The pace and, like, how, like, well-managed the, yeah. like, yeah. the stress was in the film. Yeah. Which, and, and that pacing and how well-managed it was kind of made this, like, it blended this between this realistic and also just fantasy story. Like, it was like, whoa, these crazy things are happening. But it was like, no, but they're realistic enough to happen, right? Like, when the, I don't give a shit about spoilers. It's already won awards, right? If you haven't seen it yet, who cares? But like the shit spoiler about alert the, though, yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. But about the guy being fucking locked in the basement, right, or behind the the cabinet or whatever. Like I was just when that happened, I was like, what the fuck, right? Like when I first saw that, and I was kind of just like, what? And then as it kept going and as they kept stretching it out past that scene, I was like, oh shit, okay, I'm into it now. Now I've accepted it. Now I've like accepted this as part of the world and like, oh, this is dope. Oh my god, shit's cooking. What's going yeah. on? And I did go into it. I will admit a little bit trying to a little bit contrarian mode because i was like all right you know best picture everybody says all this shit let me see if maybe maybe if there's something like i can point out about it that's not but no dude like this shit that shit kept getting me at every point and it was fucking dope i thought it was dope but what what do you so what did you think about it what stuck with you i think my favorite part about it was the the contrasting between the two families and their situations were visually from how they talk and and from the scenes that they were in, yeah, you, there was just. But the daughter was the goat, the art teacher. She was the goat. She yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. I was, she was cool. I was when she died. I was like, fuck, yeah, like that yeah. sucked. You had so much emotional attachment to both families, right? Oh yeah. In different ways, probably. Like when you probably stabbed, had opinions when he stabbed the rich dad. I was kind of like, whoa, what? But yeah. I think that's also was the point because it was supposed to be. But like, it was reasonable too. Moment. Like yeah, with the smell. It thing. was just yeah, frustration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was like yeah. And it, I mean, it came across. It made it seem like a kind of psychotic move because I was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like I, yeah. I and I, I went, I went literally went, oh, like when that happened. And I don't remember the last time I've done that at a movie, but I, I went, oh, like, oh, I was leaning forward, James, like I was audible. Did you see it in it a theater? Awesome. Just hilarious, dude. Huh? What did yeah. you see it in a theater? 
Yeah, I did. Oh, oh man, I wish I did. Yeah. That would be sick. I would definitely would love it to see incredible, that. It was incredible, dude. Yeah. The um, uh, there was um, the scene where you just said the contrast of the family. Yeah, I noticed that especially in the one scene where right after the house gets flooded, and then it's then she's talking about the party. I think the next day and talking about what her problems were, right? When he's literally sitting there in the front seat, hearing her talk about her problems, and it's like everything she says, which are, you know, rich first world problems, you see it in his face kind of like get grimmer and grimmer and grimmer because his fucking whole everything, which was kind of nothing, but was everything him and his family had just got washed away. I mean, if they got back in at the end. That was kind of confusing to me. Like everything was fine, but... Um, well, they fixed it, I guess. Yeah. I guess so, yeah. I guess it dried. <laughs> I guess it evaporated and it was good. You know that entire scene, the uh, both houses were man-made, like it was all practical. That wasn't actually on location. He built that set, that entire set. Everything? Oh shit. It was built on a set, yeah. This the subtitles, I will say, did not bother me as much as I thought they would. Yeah, you watch anime, don't you? I don't I don't usually. I no. usually read it, right? Or Do you watch a lot of foreign films? No, no, I don't actually. But that's something one day we could talk about, about just like uh, indulging in different cultures and different language things, like across music, across film, across shit. Because I've definitely thought about that before. I'm sure you guys have some insights. But I didn't think I – oh, no, go ahead. Go no, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Because I didn't think I watched that many like foreign films until I came to college and realized how many of the films I previously watched were foreign. Just like growing up, like I watched like a lot of Spanish movies with my family. Mm. Um, You're talking classics or just kind of like uh, uh, the sh- ground level, if you would, like in the streets type of movies. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. If that yeah. makes sense. And then Japanese movies too. My dad loved like oh, oh and, and old Chinese movies too, like kung fu movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I've yeah. I've watched like an equal amount of American films to foreign films in my life. Was the dubbing as bad as the stereotype is, as they say? In some of it, yeah. The voice, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, damn. It's so, horrible. like, sad to admit it, damn. It's fucking horrible, <laughs> I wish it wasn't dude. true. That sucks. The dubbing is shit, dude. They didn't give a fuck. They tried to have, like, fake accents and stuff, and it was horrible, Oh, dude. no. That's bad. Yeah. Gents, that's why it subbed we so would much fight. Better. Round one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that sounds kind of like African yeah. Asian. I don't know what that was. That was... <laughs> I don't know what that was. Back in Paris, like, who do you think was the better uh like manipulator because they're all pretty interesting characters like the stances they took in their dynamics in the family and their like ways of manipulation right i'm sure that was part of the point is to showcase these different aspects so like whose did you like like the best also where did the first plan even come from when did the guy fucking come up with it because it was just all of a sudden he recommends some shit so was it supposed to be just spur of the moment or was there something i missed where it was no they were just opportunistic i think they just knew they probably they've scammed before because they the movie opened up to them doing the pizza orders where they were trying to get someone a job. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, that was a cool scene where, like, they all started crowding around the lady at once when they were, like, trying to press her into giving him a job. I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, this is a cool representation. Like, they're a gang. Like, they're a unit. Oh, pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a nice, like, interesting uh, look at kind of, like, the almost inevitable unity in when you're in those kind of dire circumstances financially, right, or societally, that it's like, this is your core right here. And I'm not saying it only exists there, right, but it's a, to the point where you're scamming together, right? Like, you are operating a whole underground, like, sting operation duping this family and the children getting people fired, right? Like, killing people, right? For, <laughs> like, confining them until it all fell apart, confining them possibly for life, right? So it's like, 
That shit was dope. I like that little uh, character exposition. To answer your question, though, I think the sister was the best manipulator, persuasively, too, because of how she she got herself involved and was able to set up, like, her dad getting the job as the yes. driver. Dude, that was, when that first happened, I think, okay, yeah, she was, because those were the most moments where I was like, she had the most moments where I thought, like, what's going on? Or, like, what is she doing? And then maybe yeah. a scene or two later, it was revealed, and I was like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. okay. Because there was that one. Wasn't she the one that printed off the the, the diploma, yes, too? Yes, For the son? The, yeah, there exactly. There was that. There was the underwear one you just mentioned in the car. There was, um... There's a scene where the brother says, when they have the night to themselves, right, they're all in the, in the house, where the brother says that his sister looked like she belonged there. Yeah. I think that's because she she almost acted like she was rich you know like she was smart enough she fit right in to, she just yeah how persuasive and stuff she was and that other scene i was gonna mention where she did that was when she first got to the house and then she was like psychoanalyzing the kid or whatever right and actually talking about these art therapy terms and shit like that and psychology terms at first i was like wait how does she just know this shit like she got yeah, me like, yeah. at first i was like yeah. so she just knows this but like she didn't go to college like how the fuck blah 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 blah. and then again a scene later she's like yo i just googled that shit and freestyled right it's like i was sitting there with her asking her the question so i thought that was like a cool little aspect of the movie and kind of the i liked the push and pull right the cat and mouse well because it wasn't even really cat and mouse for the most time it was cat 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 on the side of the poor family and then the fucking – it was heavy-ass mouse at the end. And then a fucking dog came in from the basement and ate everybody. Man, you like this, you like this extended animal metaphor. <laughs> Were there any other, like, super impactful scenes or any other bigger takeaways that either of you took from it? What we were just saying about the sister made her death feel more impactful because it was almost like that was her – that's her character arc, right? She starts mm -hmm. as a top manipulator. She pushes her way into this family, and she – she gets to the best position, pretty much, where like the family she loves her. She finesses the game. Yeah. She finesses the the best, and then she ends up dying. She's the only one that dies too. Shit, you're right. Oh man, she is the only one. I like, I do like at the end how they didn't end it with the happy ending, and they shifted it back to the present at first. Because again, that was another moment where I was like, really, they're gonna end yeah. it like that? Like I was okay with it. I was kind of like, eh. And then it got to the end. Oh, this was a sick ass part. That they got to the end of that. And in that moment before it shifted back to the present, they had me. I was like, all right, fine. Hmm. I'm not, it's not my happiest ending, or it's not that my favorite ending, but I'm satisfied with it. And, but then there was my curiosity of, well, damn, what if they showed it going wrong? And then they showed it going wrong. So I was like, that's sick. That was a cool little, and I don't know if you guys like are feeling any of these things uh, when I was, because I was just watching it and I was, I tried really hard to turn off any hearing you guys in my ear talking about film or any uh, like, <laughs> film insight I may have gotten, I was really trying to just straight viewer eyes and ears, and I was like, dude, this is a, this is a cool-ass movie. This is, I thought it was a cool-ass movie. Well-deserved the title. All right, so this has been another episode of the Rabbit Hole Sessions. Thank you, everybody, for joining, whether new or returning. We very much appreciate it. Guys, this was fucking dope. We logged a long one today. A long, long one. I wonder how much we'll make it out of the editing room, but we'll see. That long salute. Damn, I missed it. <laughs> you missed it, dude. Oh we held it for God, a minute. I missed it. My bad. My bad. Um, final plugs before we go. Are we plugging anything? Anybody you guys need people to see things? Yeah, watch movies, bitches. Yeah. There we go. Especially Emilio Guido. E-M-I-L-I-O-G-U-I-D-O on YouTube. Hell yeah, James. Uh, I just plug your music video, dude. Nice. 
Do you know where it is? Tell them where it is. <laughs> YouTube.com. T-O-D. Ah, uh, close enough. Todd. And James's name is in the credits, by the way, as director and uh, co-editor as well. Because I did some editing, too. Oh, oh shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh... Anyway, so yeah, that definitely. Anyway. So you can go to the YouTube. It's actually Tyler on Demand uh, on YouTube.com. I might need to change that because there's another guy who has more subscribers than me. I saw that. I saw that. The same type of content. <laughs> this is like IG Live, like 40 minute clips and shit. I'm like, dude, no, no, no. I either need to take off or change the name, but we'll figure that out. Um, so yeah, just check that out on YouTube. Shout out to James again for doing that for me. It is a dope ass, my first visual thing I've done on a music project. I'm glad to, we did it in house and cooked up something that we both liked. And happy for y'all to see yeah, yeah. Like that. Whoa, whoa. Anyway, so check that out. Check out new ways on all platforms. TylerOnDemand.com. You know where to get this podcast. Rabbit Hole Sessions on all platforms: Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, and also on TylerOnDemand.com. Once again, did that come out right? I think it did. <laughs> uh, so thank you, y'all. Rabbit hole sessions. We'll see you next time. Peace. Adios. Stay safe. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Yeah. Yeah.